0: Okay, everybody, I'm so excited. There are only 17 Iron Chefs in this world, and we've got one of them today on the 180. And he's got a big announcement. So, like, keep listening. Don't go away, because we got an exclusive here on the 180. Hey, everybody, welcome to the 180 with Eric Lockley. I'm your host, Eric Lockley. There are moments in life that define us, that set us on one path, or plunge us down a completely different path altogether. Join me as we dive into our guest's turning points. Let's laugh, heal, and be inspired together as we pull back the curtain on how our guest made the 180. Sometimes life gets hard
1: when you're on your journey.
0: Don't stop, keep going, you can turn it around. The 180, yes it's a big change. The 180, your life won't be the same. The 180. You can do it. Say yes to your beautiful future. The 180 yeah. yeah. Say yes to your beautiful future. I am so 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 thrilled and excited to have Chef Jose Garces here. Hey. <laughs> What's up, man? And I'm I'm thrilled that you have an exclusive for us. You got something that nobody else has and we've got it now and we're going to share it with the world i'm really honored to have you here how are you doing today
1: i'm excited to be here feeling good did my five mile exercise walk i've been doing i've been doing that during that. oh yeah i've been getting it in i'm I'm uh, based in Philly. I'm in this little neighborhood called Maniunk. There's a beautiful park nearby here called Wistahickon Valley. Mm. I get my steps in every day. I'm feeling good. Accomplished already.
0: So five miles before noon.
1: Oh, five miles before usually 9 a.m., 9.30.
0: Before 9 a.m.?
1: Okay, okay. Early bird gets the warm, man. We get started early over here. There you go. That's the message
0: message for you. (laughs) Y'all heard the man, the early bird gets the worm. Why be a worm chaser when you could be a worm getter? So get up early, exercise, get it tight, get it right. Iron Chef, Father, Husband, James Beard Award winner, entrepreneur and food innovator Chef Jose Garces is known as a leading culinary authority of Spanish and Latin American food. From the Spanish tapas at Amada, his first restaurant, to the playful Japanese street food at Okche in Atlantic City, Chef Garces continually pushes the boundaries of culinary excellence. While he maintains his successful career owning and operating full-service restaurants, Chef Garces is also looking toward the future, with an increased focus on bringing restaurant quality experiences to the homes and businesses of culinary enthusiasts in new and interesting ways. As a child of immigrants and a leader in the diverse and inclusive hospitality industry, the well-being of his community in Philadelphia has always been dear to Chef Garces' heart. To help provide ongoing and actionable assistance to the immigrant community, Chef Garces co-founded the Garces Foundation in 2011. The Garces Foundation provides services, including community health days, English language skills classes that target the restaurant industry, and most recently, an increased focus on securing and providing food supplies to the food insecure. Chef Garces is the author of two cookbooks, Latin Evolution and The Latin Road Home, published by Lake Isle Press. I'm just thrilled to have you here, brother, and to learn more about cooking because I'm, I'm not great at it. <laughs>
1: uh, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And I think. You know, even though I've had restaurants for many years, I've always felt like it's important and I want everyone to come in and eat our food. And
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: important to learn how to to make make some delicious meals at home, you know, because that's especially now more than ever. Right. Yes. We got to get you going, get some, you know, get some some skills in some basic stuff.
0: Actually, I use a meal delivery kit. It helps me out. Like, I really appreciate being able to just have all the instructions, have everything right there, and being able to say, okay, one, two, three, four, five, and then I might add a little six, seven, eight for me. And now I got a meal.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> yes. On the 180, we always play some games. So I'm excited about this game time moment that we're about to have. All right. It's game time on the 180. The name of the game is... Iron this out. Okay. Most of us have been quarantining and meals can be everything from takeout from your local restaurant, which absolutely folks support your local businesses, or sometimes it's whatever we have lying around the kitchen. For me personally, my kitchen looks more like a chef's nightmare than a chef's dream. Um, So we're going to throw some random quarantine ingredients at you and ask how you might be able to iron out a tasty meal from the ingredients. Got it.
1: Yeah, that's like right in my wheelhouse. I love it.
0: Good, good, good. I thought I thought you might like this. Yeah. Okay, we're going to start off easy. So chicken-flavored top ramen. Uh, How would you iron that out, make it something a little more special?
1: That's my jam right there. You have no idea. All right. Yeah? So here you go. You got the top ramen, right? And it has the little uh-huh. chicken flavor in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In my pantry, I always have chicken broth. Oh. Because I think it's a staple, right? So chicken broth. So what I would do is do 50% water, 50% chicken broth, Mm -hmm. and then add that flavoring in there. And that broth and that liquid is going to be pretty good. Now you could add a few, a little more seasoning to it. Uh If you like it a little spicy, a little like red pepper flake.
0: Yes. Perfect.
1: So now you have this broth kind of going, right? And then I go in my veg drawer and I'm like, okay, I've got broccoli. I've got carrots. Maybe I've got some asparagus chop those up into little fine pieces right at the end like maybe like two minutes before you're done. you drop those in so they steam okay i'll also drop in right into that broth i'll, I'll crack an egg and put an egg right in ah right so now i got a little more protein mm-hmm. then i'll drop my ramen noodles in there and then when it comes out it'll be steaming hot i have veggies i have additional protein from my egg and then what i might do is um I might slice like a half an avocado on there Ooh. and maybe some chopped cilantro. And yes, oh You're, you got a little spicy, you've got some savory notes, you've yes. got the protein, you got it all. You got a meal, right?
0: You definitely iron that out. Like that's, that's. <laughs> Because that sounds so good now. And especially I love cilantro. I know some people like cilantro is they have this weird thing where cilantro they can't stand the taste. I love cilantro, so
1: there are cilantro lovers and cilantro haters. And you and I, my friend, we're in the lover department. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, next, next thing: tinned corned beef in half a tube of tomato paste.
1: All right, so tinned corned beef. So, so stuff you buy in a can uh-huh. and half a tube of tomato paste. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that is definitely a challenge. Right. Here's what I would do. I would treat that corned beef like ground beef mm. and I, I would make like a bolognese out of it. Okay. So you have tomato paste, you've got what is like kind of ground beef. So all you would need to do is maybe a little onion, a little garlic, mm-hmm. saute that down, add that tin corned beef in there kind of make it like a scramble. Like you would, you know, bolognese is like ground beef. It's like a little, little specks of beef.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you add your tomato paste. If you had broth, you could add beef broth to it. If not, you could add uh, just water or veg stock. It's going to make a sauce, right? We'll make it
0: sauce. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then whatever pasta of your choice that you have, boom, fresh Parmesan. You have corned beef bolognese, you know, your <laughs> pasta of your choice and a little Parmesan. And you're, you're there.
0: Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I want to press ding multiple times. This one is tricky. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. Stale baguette, sardines, and limes.
1: Oh, okay. Sardines, a stale baguette, and limes. Yeah. Stale baguette. Oh, I love it. Okay, I got it. So A key component in, and I don't know if you've had this, Eric, uh, gazpacho is a Spanish soup.
0: Yeah, I've had gazpacho. I love it.
1: So the thickening agent is a stale baguette. That's usually the thickening agent. Mm. This requires a few more ingredients. So tomatoes, cucumbers, that stale baguette, usually sherry vinegar, but any vinegar that you want and good quality olive oil. Mm. All those things into a blender. (laughs) That's what makes your gazpacho.
0: Ooh.
1: I worked in Spain. Typically in Spain, they, they drink it. It's so kind of loose. Mm. You can make it, you know, here, here in the US, sometimes a little thicker. I like it somewhere in between. So once you have your gazpacho with that stale baguette, the sardines, that's a perfect accompaniment to a gazpacho. You probably take them out, uh-huh. cut them up into little pieces, just put them in there like a garnish. So you have this like chilled tomato soup, with chunk, chunks of sardines. I actually really love that. I might, I might use that in my restaurant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if so, it can be called the 180, or or if you could use my name, the Eric, the you know, Eric Lockley, I don't know.
1: I like the 180 for the soup. Yeah. We need a sandwich for the Eric, all right? Something a little more, yeah, a little more hearty. hearty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a uh, last one. Okay, It's getting more difficult. Beef hot dogs, frozen naan, Greek yogurt and capers.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's strange. Frozen non beef hot dogs. Well, frozen non, you're going to pull out and you're going to you're gonna defrost it. Right. That's easy. We got to do that. So the beef hot dogs, easy enough. I'm just going to grill them. I'm going to char them and I get them real, like it creates some texture on the outside, a hot skillet, hot cast iron. Mm-hmm. With the yogurt, I'm going to make a, a cucumber kind of almost like a tzatziki of sorts so yogurt i'll put some of those capers in there i'll put a little cucumber a little olive oil some herb usually it usually it's dill but whatever parsley mint chive so i'll make a cucumber tzatziki Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i'll char those dogs you know i might even shave a little red onion on it but you know what i'm i'm having basically a hot dog greek gyro like right there. Uh-huh. And I'm actually I'm actually feeling really good about that. I'm I'm going to enjoy that. That might be a late night like a late night deal. Like, oh, this is all I got.
0: That sounds really good. Somehow you ironed that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was uh, I mean, you you killed that game, honestly.
1: During cooking school, I had several roommates, and we had several late nights, as you can imagine.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> that game actually was played pretty much every night. Hey, this is what we
0: got. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> a, you're learning how to become a chef. Make it happen. So, uh, yeah, I've got good practice with that.
0: Nice. Yeah, I guess all eyes turned to you when it was like, "All right, so what? What, what we can we make with this? With this yeah. These <laughs> right? Hot dogs, sardine? Yeah, we're just random shit." <laughs> Great. Well, now I'm going to ask you some more questions that are a little more about getting to know you that are kind of random at the same time. So do you have a favorite song or genre of music to cook to?
1: Oh, oh yeah, I do. I don't know. I It really depends on the mood. And I'm, I'm loving lately that um, my kitchen is is near kind of uh, where my, my TV is. So I have
0: mm-hmm. been
1: having YouTube up and been listening to the NPR tiny house or tiny, tiny desk. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have all these... You know great artists that are on there doing like kind of home shows or yeah it's been really cool to watch so I have a wide a wide spectrum of music you know I can do anything from hip-hop to like you know I have um, on my site actually I have the Tribe Called Quest playlist that I have nice. various artists around kind of in are in that genre but I also like uh, I like good Latin jazz okay a guy named Pancho Sanchez makes me feel good.
0: Okay, yes, yeah. Ponto Sanchez, yes.
1: He's a great conguero, Yeah, you know, he plays great bongos and mm-hmm. I love that vibe. I also love, um, I've been into like the dub Essentials. Okay. Right. Yeah, hey, you know. Aha,
0: uh-huh. I, I love I, dub. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah, it really varies, but uh, I do think, you know, music is such a big part of cooking. It's like they go kind of hand in hand, it's a mm-hmm. nice way to relax on wine.
0: Whenever my meal delivery kit gets here, I'm like, okay, got to do this. You pay for it, you better use it. So it, it means I'm going to have to wrap my mind around this recipe and making these things and chopping up these veggies and all that good stuff. I end up playing like 90s R&B because that's my favorite genre, but I'm like in there singing Usher and <laughs> and taking a lot more time than I should because I just have to break out and do a dance during the chorus. <laughs>
1: you know, cooking, you got to enjoy it. It's got to be fun. Mm-hmm. It can't be laborious or painful. Like it, it has to feel good. I actually do a lot of cooking with my wife. We have a plan usually every morning. That's part of our early morning routine. All right. What's the dinner plan? What do we got going on? Who's prepping what? Yeah. What provisions do we have to get? And by doing it collectively, you know the the kind of the the like grunt work or the hard work that's usually involved in cooking is taken out and then we're able to really right. connect and enjoy I'll have I might have a I might have a drink kind of a cocktail as I'm making I put my music on yeah it's awesome.
0: it's just a whole vibe with cooking it's like yeah, yeah make cooking fun like you said make cooking fun it ha-
1: no it ha- it has to be you know like like with everything in life Yeah, i'm looking for ways to Enjoy every aspect of it, and since cooking is such a big part of my life, it's on a high level of like fi- figuring it out.
0: Mm-hmm. What was your favorite game to play as a kid?
1: Favorite game to play? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I think wiffle ball was like a fun, like a fun thing to play. Uh-huh. Until my older brother and I got into a heated disagreement about like who was safe and who was out. <laughs>
0: I need you to describe what wiffle ball is because in my mind I have one idea, but I feel like as kids we play things and we give them their own names. And so, you know, a person from Philly yeah. may think dodgeball is a different thing than someone from <laughs> from Baltimore. Maybe, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, wiffle ball is a yellow plastic bat and a white uh plastic ball and you play it just like baseball. However, it's not like a hard ball. Okay. It's a light ball. And you have you don't need twenty players to play. You can play with like four people. Okay. Okay. I grew up in Chicago and you know a lot of the streets in Chicago uh well like many they they have the four corners, you have sewer caps at every corner. So those were our base. Uh-huh. get like a serious game going. You know, back then I remember that was like, you know, the late 70s early 80s uh-huh. we're talking about here so you know I'm a, <laughs> that's where i'm at with things <laughs> yeah you know playing a game of like call it like kind of like mock baseball where baseball was actually like a uh-huh. was such a big part of our like sports scene it, you know there, there weren't as many options let's say as there are now uh athletic right right you know we were like big cubs fans and so we mm. played our hearts out with it so yeah that's a, definitely a childhood memory a game memory that I won't
0: forget. Yeah. And when I whenever I hear the Cubs, I think the Cubs. The
1: Cubs. Uh, the Bulls.
0: The Cubs.
1: The Bears. <laughs> yeah.
0: The Bears, the Cubs, I don't know why. <laughs> if you could instantly be an expert at something, what would you choose?
1: Oh gosh. Right now, I'd love to be uh, an expert at epidemiology. I'd <laughs> love to, <know>. yeah. yes, <laughs> I'd love to figure this stuff out and help give assistance where I could because obviously yeah. the scientists are doing amazing work right now and really valued work. So that would be my uh, wish. I would have picked that skill up too.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, your journey in becoming a chef has been so interesting. Being able to have moments televised and publicized and all that stuff can be a lot. Describe for us a moment when you knew that you were meant to be a chef.
1: Wow. So my journey really, uh, it started in my, in my mom's kitchen with my grandma and my mom. They were both really good cooks. They had like really good palates and they could cook things like to the right temperature and everything always tasted really good in their homes. We were not like a restaurant family or hospitality family. It wasn't like in the blood. It was just more of like like really good cooks. Mm -hmm. When I decided to go to uh, cooking school, it was more based around the foundation of structure and kind of, uh, I, I grew up playing football and wrestled and realized that that kind of like structured environment was one that I excelled in. So when mm-hmm. I went to cooking school and saw everybody in like white uniforms and tall hats and like the structure, it just it kind of fell in line with me. And I didn't know that I knew I love food. I was like, you know, always a chubby kid and like enjoying eating. <laughs> didn't know that I had the cooking chops. It was kind of experimental and an exploration. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I realized, and I didn't, and again, I didn't know I had the talent was as we were given projects as like cooking school students. We were given projects to create dishes and, you know, we would get like, call it like a mystery basket. Like here's like five ingredients, go at it guys, see what you could do. Mm-hmm. And I found that it just touched this like creative part. And as the year went on, I saw that I was like outshining a lot of my classmates and it was just felt like really natural to me. Mm -hmm. So that was a moment where I was like, wow, I actually like, I like an undiscovered talent. Like I didn't even know I had that. Yeah. And so I found it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to take this and go with it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Who was someone along your journey that you discovered was in your corner that you didn't expect someone that was in your corner that you didn't expect? Oh
1: gosh. Someone that was in my corner. (laughs) Well, I would say in my culinary career, someone who I came across who ended up becoming, call it a mentor or a true like friend, mm-hmm. who I didn't, I didn't see coming. So a chef named uh, Douglas Rodriguez, mm. close friend. So I had been cooking in New York for about four years, actually about three and a half years after cooking in Spain. And again, part of the cooking industry, part of the chef industry Is certainly not glamorous, especially early, early on. You're really like, (laughs) you're in many ways a grunt and you're just grinding it out, right? You're preparing meals, you're prepping things. There isn't all like the accolades and the TV stuff that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. People are just like, get me the uh, ingredient. Just do it as fast as you can.
1: Go get me the cilantro. Hurry your ass up. Chop it. And like, let's go. You know? And so even I'll give you guys a funny story. I don't want to digress too far. But when I was cooking in Spain, one of the chefs, I had a late night. I had a really like, people partied there in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yes. They partied late. So I came in the next day. I looked, I probably looked like crap. This guy, he knew.
0: You me. looked like last night. I looked like
1: last night. <laughs> yeah. He grabs me this bucket, the chef, his name was Capi or Capitan. Mm. And he had grabs this bucket and it's filled with these little tiny fish. They're called chanquetes. Mm. And they're all like, there's probably like a thousand of them, right? Oh my gosh. They're swimming in this bucket, right? They're live. Uh-huh. And he's like, grab the, he grabs a fish and he's like, okay, I want you to take each one of these guys and just kind of clean the back end with a knife, right?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Obviously, he was messing with me, but I didn't realize it at the time. And it was like a very serious kitchen.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I'll never forget that because I was pretty upset because I wasn't feeling good. And now I'm in here like kind of swir- looking for these, trying to catch these fish.
0: These tiny fish and cut them open, right?
1: Cut them open. So and then everyone's like laughing. I'm like, OK, this is this is fun. <laughs> and again, I mean, I think it it was an experience, but growing up and learning to become a chef and getting to these, like this kind of like higher level of cooking, you have to put your time in. And I was in New York Mm. for about uh, three years. I actually was thinking about leaving. I was thinking about going back to Chicago or possibly uh, moving down to Florida. You know, as chefs, we're, man, we're, can be vagabonds from time to time. Transition from job to job, move around. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I met my friend, a famous chef, his name's Douglas Rodriguez. He was known as the, the godfather of Nuevo Latino cuisine. Hey, I met him in New York and he was like, I had actually just left the position I was in. He said, Hey, Jose, why don't you come and work, work with me? Because he was higher up on the, on the kind of like totem pole. And I was just transitioning. I was going from a salary position to an hourly position. Right. And he was like, okay, Hmm. you gotta, you gotta take a step back. But then, you know, prove yourself. Right. So I took a step back to really take a step forward. And it's been a good, like, yeah, it's, it's helped me in life that, that point. And so he was a great mentor from a flavor perspective, from like a culinary perspective, just hmm. an amazing talent as it relates to food and ingredients. And he just had this like ability to recreate anything. So he was um, a, a, a huge uh, influence in my cooking career, and I and I ended up working with him for about seven years.
0: Wow! Yeah, and and I, I always think it's interesting because along our journeys, both uh, career-wise and personally, sometimes we don't realize the folks that are in our corner. Not until afterwards do we say, "Wow, I didn't I didn't know," or do we realize that people are speaking our names in rooms that we have no idea about, um, and we don't find out until later on but um, making sure that we express gratitude and recognize that that's, that can be a blessing um, that you didn't expect. So that's really, really awesome.
1: I think, Eric, you'll find that, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old, I've been in the industry, I've been around, you'll find that, and, and I've found that, you know, people come, have come in and out of my career, in and out of my life. There are just certain times and certain people, as you reflect, there is like an element of like, being genuine, you know, truly mm-hmm. sincere and really wanting the best for you. And that that doesn't always occur. Yeah. But I can certainly look back and, and point out a handful of those experiences for sure. Mm.
0: So now let's get into the 180 for you. Uh, a moment when, you know, you've been going in one direction and you're ready to turn things around. It sounds like we might be at that moment right now for you. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And it is. It is. You know, I think with COVID and everything kind of happening to the restaurant industry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I felt like I was already heading towards this pivotal move. I started the the restaurant group in two thousand five, ended up selling in two thousand eighteen, but staying on board as like a founder, a, a partner, mm-hmm. and still very interested in in restaurants. And you know, the company had several disciplines: restaurants, catering, and events you know, a lot of things as it related to the restaurant business. But for a long time, I felt like, you know, it would be great to focus on kind of some of the personal brand things, as well as other things that Mm -hmm. are uh, encompassed in this great, like food and beverage industry that we have. And so with COVID and things kind of slowing down on the restaurant side, it really gave me an opportunity to pivot Mm. and really focus on, these other aspects. And some of them are, are really great. They're fun. They're things I've, I've wanted to do. Yeah. I've been into uh, retail product development. So really taking what we do in the restaurants, right. The, 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 the techniques, the ingredients, the recipes, all these things that we've, I've been working with for many years. I have over 2000 recipes in my database. Yeah. Wow.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That is that's amazing. Thus far they've been in the restaurants, you know, in the in the kitchen for the restaurants. Yeah. And now you're talking about bringing some of those.
1: Bringing some of those out into the retail space. Awesome. So, Looking at the different retail environments. And, you know, I think now is, is a perfect time because people are cooking at home more, right? Mm-hmm. So getting into that, I've got like a number of products that I would say are called under development. But that's a big focus for me right now then video, video content, and just call it like content production. Mm-hmm. We filmed this year, 24, eight to nine minute videos Call it cooking videos. It's called cooking space.
0: Okay, cooking space,
1: cooking space. So this is a place where mindfulness and being present meets food and music. So all three disciplines. I love this. (laughs) Yes,
0: this sounds very up to like in line with the 180.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah. So basically being mindful and being present. That's a big part of kind of my my day to day. So we talked about my five mile walk, right? Most of that is just checking in with myself and checking in with Mm. my body, my mind, making sure, hey, I'm ready to tackle this day. And from a from a place of calm, So I apply that to the kitchen because I think the kitchen is also a place where, Mm. you know, with everything going on in the environment outside, like it's a place where you can control that space. You can like have it as you wish, you know, and you'll have your ingredients, you'll have maybe your partner, maybe maybe you're on your own, but it's your time to connect. Mm. And then looping music into it is another way to like stay focused and connected. And then, Obviously, the cooking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where, you know, you get the reward is you get to have something delicious at the end of it. So we're doing an eight minute piece. Their recipes are for home cooks and we'll have a recipe on our site. This all launches today. Chef December 16th.
0: Y'all heard it here first. I'm so thrilled that everything launches today, December 16th. Uh, You can go check it all out at www.chefgarces.com.
1: right. You can go on ChefGarces.com and all of the details will be there. And so along with that, we're also going to be doing a live virtual class that's called Latin Live. Latin Live. Through my site, you'll be able to sign up and come cook with me live. I'll give you the recipe ahead of time. We'll be able to do things together.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So our listeners, audiences, people from all over the world can cook with you.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Go to chefgarcis.com and there you'll find a button that says Latin live. And I'll do probably about two to three classes a month. So we have our first two classes coming up in January. Nice. And yeah, sign up. You'll have to be able to ask questions. We'll be able to like walk through all things that are Latin. And, you know, I think that's that my focus is to, it's always been for years to teach people about Latin culture through food. And it's been, it's been a great experience for me throughout.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to tell you, I will be there in January and I invite the listeners to join me and you as I can as I get some <laughs> lessons in cooking because I need them.
1: Awesome. Happy to do it. Obviously, live and recorded is a whole different feel. Mm-hmm. We'll be publishing the recipe as well ahead of time. Again, it's a cook-along. And what I love about that is you know, because of the the power of the of the Internet, we'll be able to explore and, and let a lot of people access this, you know. And so mm-hmm. I have some fans in South America and Venezuela and Colombia and Ecuador. I'm hopeful that we can connect with those folks as well, as well as people nationally. So I'm really excited about Latin Live. And then on, on our site, we're also doing some service work, consulting services I've been creating menus and concepts and helping yeah. people with food and beverage solutions for years. So that's also an aspect of the site. So it's all encompassing all these cool things. Um, I also partnered with a wine company, JCB Wines. Okay. Jean-Charles Boisset, they have wineries in Napa and in France. Hey. I love all of their their aspects. So food and wine, they just obviously they match up really nicely together. Mm -hmm. It's a culinary like paradise, I would say, of like services, goods, content, all of it right there.
0: This sounds amazing. So all of this is found on your website? It's
1: all found on the website. If you go to chefgarcis.com, it also links up to the restaurants that we have. So again, we expect that hopefully when things calm down, people get vaccinated and it's safe again, we'll be able to serve food in our in our restaurants as well.
0: Awesome. And so this moment of kind of going from a restaurateur, we're still maintaining all of that stuff, but then now having your own personal brand that people can get to know you, but also get to know your recipes, get to know how you cook, get to know your mindset, your methodology behind cooking, that really for you is your 180. It's kind of Framing your personal brand and being able to share with folks who you are. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right, share, connect. You know, like really uh, talk food. I'm really excited about it. I think it's when you can really focus on it. it I, I just think it's going to be really special. It's been my 180 for sure. They say timing is everything. It really, it really has been. While again, this has been a really unfortunate time. For a lot of people in our industry and in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, general, it's it's been really uh, a tough period. I feel like you know I'm an optimist. I'm someone who's always looking forward, looking at the brighter side of things. Yeah. And when when I realized that we were in this situation, I think it was you know again it was it was time for my 180 to really think about things differently.
0: And with that in mind, what have you learned? Like, who were you before this moment and who do you, uh, who are you now? Who were you before this moment and who are you now? Wow.
1: I'll say this. I think that with time and with with experience, you evolve and you have to evolve. And I've had mm-hmm. certainly some really highlights in my career and then some really humbling experiences as well. Some tough times, you know, in business, it really can be challenging from time to time. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I've been through this whole cycle of call it career and business that, have taught me to be just more appreciative of what I have and, you know, family and, you know, the simple things in life, you know, a good meal Mm -hmm. and just has given me a lot of perspective on appreciating what we have. Not always, you know, trying to, you know, shoot for the moon or, or, you know, or or really, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, be less materialistic more again about like, you know, are these Kind of organic experiences with friends and family, and now you know through the site I'll be able to connect with people a little bit more and just share uh, some of my passion for for food. So I feel like I've become a little more like maybe a little more present. Yes, maybe a little more like conscious, right? Uh huh. That's been my evolution,
0: I think. Because as you were talking about it, I was like, yeah, being more present, and and that's something that a few guests that I've had uh, have talked about, have discussed is the ability to be within the present moment and not always looking towards what's the next thing? How can I get more? Or looking backwards and, you know, whether that's regret, whether that's staying in the past, but really being present and being grateful for the moment that we have. But yeah, that, that's a powerful, message. powerful message.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So I want to talk about food insecurity a little bit because it's definitely a serious issue, especially with communities of color. Yeah. Not having access to healthy food options is costing people lives. And in an earlier episode of The 180, we had Tony Hillary, who's the founder of Harlem Grown, discuss how he addresses food insecurity in Harlem with various programs and community gardens. As a person that has a unique perspective and has been such a huge part of the culinary world what do you think the culinary world can do to fight food insecurity?
1: Yeah. So not only what can we do, I've actually, so I have, I have a foundation, the Garces foundation, and we've, uh, we support the the immigrant community in Philadelphia mostly undocumented workers that work in the industry they work in they work in restaurants they work in construction awesome. they're here they're part of our community yes we uh, several years ago decided to you know really help this community through provide health services so we do community health days hmm. and we test for uh, diabetes cholesterol general overall health checkups, dental screenings.
0: That's incredible. Yeah,
1: we're doing that. And then we also do, uh, we've had this, uh, what we call it, E-R-E-L program. So it's job force training, and it's literacy through job force training. Mm. So we have these kind of set up exercise to train people in restaurant work. And while they're doing it, they're learning English. Mm, and so awesome. we've had uh, about 100 students per semester, we teach out of the South Philly, at South Work School. Um, mm-hmm. So we're in the community. And then when COVID happened, we realized that a lot of these folks were going to be out of work, and we're not going to have the ability to support themselves. And so um, we started a food pantry program. Mm. And we started in the spring, we've actually delivered about 7,000 boxes so far this this year. And that's that's 7,000 boxes. Each box is meals for four people for a week. Wow. I'm really proud of that effort. And it just, it went to show us how, how much a demand there was for food. Yeah. And not only, you know, beyond COVID it's, it's there, uh, we're still on a wait, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of effort to like, get these programs going. We hosted a big gala event, 700 people. That would be our largest, that would be our that would wow. be most of our budget <laughs> for the year to do all of our programs. About mm. 75 to 80% of our budget was raised in one night. And actually when our event was slated for March 27th.
0: Oh, okay. So you can
1: imagine? Yeah, that got canceled. Yeah. We've got a great board, a great group of it members that work the foundation. So yeah, it's it's challenging, but to get back to your question about food and, and kind of the inner city and urban areas and fresh food, mm-hmm. I really do feel like there's something even beyond what we're doing. I have a restaurant in West Philadelphia, It's, you know, predominantly it's occupied mostly by the University of Pennsylvania, but it also has a very urban component to it as well. It's a pretty expansive neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I was walking the neighborhood the other day and I just saw this like beautiful produce stand It had like tomatoes, bananas. It was like a beautiful little like, but it was like in the middle of a walkway, Uh but it was still kind of on the UPenn campus. So I thought, man, what a great way if if we could just plop these like beautiful produce stands into like urban areas that are in need of like fresh food. Right. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of initiatives with ugly. I don't know if you ever heard of this term, ugly food, ugly fruit.
0: (laughs) No, I have have not.
1: Yeah. It's, it's food that farmers won't bring to market just because it doesn't have the perfect, it doesn't have the right shape.
0: Oh, okay.
1: They end up throwing it out. Right. It ends up going into compost. Uh So I just think there's a way, especially within our city of Philadelphia, that if we could pop up, and it could even be on the honor system, Mm -hmm. very inexpensive, like you know fifty cents for an apple, or you know a quarter for a carrot, right? And everyone was able to access it in that way. That that really, you know, people that were in need were going to go there and get it. I think there's something there. So I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to put my Put my arms around maybe an initiative that works in that fashion
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> we need more of that initiative and that creativity so i, I love to hear that because as a, a storyteller and creative artist i think about things through story most often the story that you just shared about access and about how can we create a space where people can both give and receive something that they need and it can be actually accessible as opposed to behind the gatekeepers or really expensive or
1: it has to be accessible it has to be in the communities i also think it's educational too right there's like an education component to it it could involve like easy recipes or like you know how do you take like you asked me earlier how to iron out some stuff Uh (laughs) uh-huh i realize that there are challenges in the community as far as just produce, like how do you take it and produce it, a quick meal for your family right you're working and you're doing everything else you can't support mm-hmm. so there's an educational component of to it as well but i think it's it should be done i think it's like we're way past way overdue on some really like yeah innovative initiatives to get people fresh food
0: yeah and in terms of your experience with your family growing up what were some ways in which food brought you all together? What were some uh, of your most memorable moments with food and with your family?
1: I spoke to you briefly about my mom and my grandma. They they were awesome cooks, and they were, uh, you know, they would make empanadas, mm. ceviches. I love ceviche. Yeah, my dad was like great on the grill. His steaks were always awesome. It's something I always look forward to, like on the weekends. So cooking and and having family gatherings around food has always been part of, part, part of my life. So I have two, I have two children. Mm. They're teenagers now, 17 and 13. But I make sure that we have all of our dinners together. Mm. We break bread. We talk about the day. You know, anyone has beef, it comes out at the table. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's really <laughs> about, um, yeah, around a meal. And we all get excited about it, especially like during quarantine, I think, I've been really looking to utilize my assets, which is I can I can make a good meal. Mm-hmm. So to help lift their spirits, so that you know, at the end of the day, if they're doing virtual school, they have something really good to look forward to. Yeah, I think it's so important. Uh, and again, I challenge you to get keep on cooking, buddy. All right, keep it going. Okay,
0: <laughs> I I love this. I mean, this is an inspiration. With yeah, this is an inspiration. I'm gonna I'm gonna get cooking. I'm I'm definitely gonna be on that live class, that first one in January.
1: You got it. January 6th. Yeah.
0: Yeah. January 6th. Okay. Along with all of the work that you've done, what's something that you're looking forward to Is something next? Is there anything that you're thinking about right now? I mean, this branding and this rollout of the new products and live cooking, that's really exciting. Is there anything that you're like, okay, and also I want to be president? <laughs> That's extreme. That's extreme.
1: Well, also, I'm also thinking about okay, what is the future of our food industry?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Are restaurants going to be something that people go to, right? And so, mm. I've been really hot on. Uh, digital brands and ghost kitchens and that, and that sort of thing. So I'm actually hmm. um, working on a few creative solutions for that space as well, because I ultimately, I still like, I'm a chef. Yeah, I love cooking and creating and getting our stuff, you know, our, our hopefully our, you know, our delicious products to people. So there is a way there is a path forward mm-hmm. for our industry. And I want to be a trendsetter on that side of things as well.
0: You already are, but you'll become more and more of a trendsetter.
1: Even more, yeah.
0: You mentioned ghost kitchen. I sat and I tried to wrap my mind around what that meant. So what is a ghost kitchen?
1: Ghost kitchens are basically they're, call it like spaces in which you can turn out food, but people aren't dining in. Okay. It's all delivery based. So through, through the delivery app system, which you could see is not going away anytime soon. Right, right. Uh, DoorDash just had a nice uh, IPO, I believe. That is where it's going.
0: And that's like a takeout Take only restaurant, delivery, a, a restaurant that's just takeout or delivery only. And
1: you would be surprised how efficient it is as an operator because when you open a restaurant, mm-hmm. right, there are a lot of costs associated, a ton. quite a few yeah when you're just producing food it's a little different and so this idea of like digital brands Mm -hmm. that are really you know just based on the web you see you know you there's a brand story there are delicious foods
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i think it's heading that way
0: yeah i'm
1: gonna jump on that way
0: awesome cool well we usually wrap up the 180 with a quote I will tell you, it's been really inspiring to hear about your journey and also to hear about the next wave. And like you mentioned, a lot of careers within the pandemic, a lot of industries within the pandemic are shifting and having to adjust and just to see how you're adjusting, uh, but it's also very aligned with who you are, which um, that's another thing on the 180 we talk about is our authentic selves, our well-being, our wellness and it sounds like everything that you're doing is aligned with that uh, in mind. So it's really, really exciting.
1: Awesome, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I think to be successful, you got to do things that you love and are natural to you that feel that feel good. And again, after you know being in this industry 25 years and have seen, I think, I think a lot, I just want to do things that are fun, that feel good, that hopefully help humanity a little bit and and that's it do my part
0: super all right so here's this quote i just want to get your thoughts on this quote one cannot think well love well sleep well if one has not dined well that's from virginia wolf
1: got it got it i know the quote it's a good one and that is true that is true yeah and with that said my turkey chili's on the stove. I'm really excited about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> turkey chili, that sounds really good. I mean, and if you made it, I know it's good. So,
1: you know, I made it last night for my wife and she was like, "Jose, why haven't we had this before?" I'm like, "I don't know. We just I just was like, let's make chili tonight."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm just a, like an hour and a half away from Philly, so if you want to save some I can try to make it before it gets too cold. I
1: already got some in the freezer for you. It's ready. You come, we'll just, we'll reheat. I promise you won't even tell. You'll even know. It's like, oh, this is great. So
0: my man, Jose, I love it. I love it. it. My pleasure. We're going to be cooking together in no time.
1: All right. Yeah. Relatively soon. (laughs) I'm going to look out for you.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, I want to make sure that you all stay connected with Chef Jose. So um, you can find him on Instagram at Chef Jose Garces. Garces is G-A-R-C-E-S and you can find him on Twitter at Jose Garces Official. So make sure you stay connected with him and go to that website and check out all that he's got going on. It's ChefGarces.com Chef G-A-R-C-E-S dot com So make sure you check him out and join me on January 6th for that first class and you might see me as a few others because I definitely need them. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm gonna get better. Chef Jose is gonna help me. We're we gonna we're gonna give me a 180 in the kitchen.
1: We're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. We're gonna come back next year and be like, "Oh, chef, I made this amazing uh, pop pie. Whatever." I, 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 hey, yeah.
0: <laughs> something because yeah, pop pie. I I I don't bake anything, so <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> that would certainly be an achievement.
1: I got some good tips for you. I got I I know exactly where you're at. I know yeah. what we can do I'll just I'll just leave it at that
0: Okay, I appreciate it Because if I could have a personal cooking coach Man, uh, you know Nobody would be, would be able to tell me anything Once I get good in the kitchen That's right, that's right Won't be able to tell me nothing <laughs> Well, thank you so much Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us, Jose? Man,
1: it's been a pleasure Thank you for having me It's been fun chatting with you and hanging out And uh, until next time Buen provecho, salud Salud
0: Thank you all for joining us. The 180 is produced by David Treatman with audio production and editing by Mike Luno. Original music composed by Jarrett Landon and sung by yours truly and digital portraits by Byron McRae. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. We need your help to spread the love and inspiration. Follow us on all social media at The 180 Pod and visit our website at www.the180pod.com. If you want to help support these stories, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. You can get access to chat more with me. You can also get exclusive content, merchandise, and you can hear episodes early. Visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com, the 180 pod. Until next time, I'm your host, Eric Lockley. Take care and be blessed. Know that you'll have a blessing If, if you just keep, keep on pressing. pressing Don't stop, keep going, you, you can turn, turn it around The 180 Yes it's a big change The 180 Your life won't be the same The 180 You can do it Say yes to your beautiful future The 180 Yeah